0: there everybody and welcome to this counseling continuing education presentation on a 10 session anger management protocol I'm your host Dr Donnelly Snipes in this presentation you're going to learn about anger and its functions explore early warning signs figure out how to develop an anger control plan learn about the aggression cycle and how to change it review the ABCDEs and explore how prior learning Influences Current Anger Triggers. Session One. In Session One, you're going to learn about anger. Anger is an emotion triggered by a threat that prompts the fight or flight reaction. This is what we call the HPA axis, or what I call the Threat Response System and when this happens your body dumps adrenaline it dumps cortisol it dumps glutamate it dumps all these chemicals and hormones that are designed to give you the energy to check out if there's a problem and if necessary fight or flee just like a smoke alarm tells you that hey there might be a fire your threat response system tells you hey there might be a threat it's not saying there is it's saying there might be and here's a bunch of energy so you can get up and figure out if there is a threat and respond if needed hostility refers to a set of attitudes thoughts and judgments that motivate aggressive behaviors aggression is a behavior that's intended to protect oneself by causing harm or energy to another person or damage to property what's the benefit of aggression well if we're feeling threatened and we want to fight or flee and in this case fight then the goal is to regain control to regain power in the situation so aggression serves to forcibly take back power many times what we initially perceive as a threat is actually not currently one but our reaction is based on outdated schema and schema are our brains Cliffs notes if you will every time we have an experience our brain notes what happened you know just very short quick little uh summaries of what happened and that helps us predict the future we have schemas about going to work we have schemas about stoplights we have schemas about going to the doctor that way when we are getting ready to encounter one of those situations we know what to expect and our brain tells us okay been here done that this is what we expect unfortunately schema are only based on prior experiences so if this experience is different the schema is not going to be effective it's not going to work for you and that can cause you problems the cognitive triangle is a concept that we use in cognitive behavioral therapy that points out that our thoughts feelings and behaviors are all interrelated if you're having angry thoughts you're probably going to respond with irritability and you may have obviously feelings of anger if you are having feelings of anger or anxiety then you're probably going to have thoughts that support that you're going to be telling yourself that there's a threat of some sort and you're going to respond accordingly inaccurate schema and misperceptions are very common and the reason we have them is because as I said the brain does not um, integrate often the present moment it just kind of goes on autopilot going okay been here done that this is what to expect we need to actually disengage from our autopilot and recognize what's going on in the present moment and evaluate whether the schema are accurate or not I already talked about the fire alarm when the fire alarm goes off it doesn't always mean there's a fire it means there might be someone not returning a text is another thing that triggers anger in people sometimes because they may feel that the person is being disrespectful or rude or rejecting them in some way we don't know though we're assuming and assuming as they say makes an ass out of you and me uh, because we don't have the facts in the current context my dog Brewster was a foster dog and I have no idea what happened to him before he came to us but there was one day that my son and his best friend were out uh, practicing martial arts in the yard and Brewster saw them and he didn't realize that they were playing I mean they were practicing martial arts they weren't actually attacking each other aggressively and but Brewster didn't understand that so he formed a schema about Elias that said this this dude's no good and it took multiple ex- exposures of Brewster to Elias and Sean uh, after that for Brewster's schema his understanding of the situation to change um, it literally months before Elias could come in and Brewster wouldn't get his hackles all up on his back if somebody has a history of abandonment then when they experience similar situations whether it's the way somebody acts or the way somebody talks to them or even different microaggressions they may interpret as uh, that they're getting ready to be abandoned and it can trigger feelings of anger people who've been victims of crime and I use crime very broadly here uh, when people experience trauma it strips their sense of safety and personal power or control so in the future when they feel like they are not in control of things when they feel like they are lacking power or they're unsafe in some way it will trigger anger a lot more intensely because they're reacting from uh oftentimes from that place in the past when they were victims and so they're trying not to be one again anger initially has apparent payoffs like releasing tension controlling people getting your own way but in the long term these payoffs often lead to negative consequences what benefits or payoffs does anger have for you And we don't do things unless there's a benefit so it's important to recognize what benefits anger has in order to figure out is this a benefit that i need or that i want or that i want to get this way and is there another way of getting that benefit such as feeling safe is there another way to feel safe besides having to be angry and aggressive all the time when you get angry what are your responses what behaviors do you use what thoughts do you have what feelings do you have sometimes a lot of time people when they get angry underneath there's also a feeling of anxiety or hopelessness and and the anger is protecting them from those fears anger is a natural normal emotion that's designed to help us survive it becomes a problem when it's felt too intensely too frequently or expressed inappropriately think about how anger affects you remember I said anger indicates that our threat response system has been triggered so our body's dumping cortisol and adrenaline and all these stimulants into our system when we're angry and we have these stimulants circulating through our system it's going to make it darn near impossible to get good quality sleep it can increase pain not only because of the muscle tension that we have when we're angry but also because it alters our neurochemicals that are responsible for our uh, pain threshold and we actually may start feeling more pain our gastrointestinal system uh can get disrupted when you are in fight or flee mode your body is saying yeah not going to devote energy to digestion so let's just clear everything out of there Uh, additionally the stress response when it goes on for too long will impair immunity and it can also trigger auto autoimmune disease flare-ups Crohn's disease those sorts of things affectively or emotionally after people have an anger outburst they may also end up feeling regret or guilt or even helplessness because they're trying to control their anger but they can't figure out how to actually do it cognitively when your brain is flooded with all those stimulating neurochemicals and you're in fight or flee mode you're not using your higher order thinking your prefrontal cortex you are in a very primitive reactive state Linehan talks about that as the emotional mind and in order to make effective decisions and respond in a different way it's important to get into your wise mind which means de-escalating until you can think more clearly additionally when you are revved up when you are angry when you're in an unpleasant mood you're going to notice the threats in the environment and the negative things a lot more easily than you're gonna notice anything positive. I mean, think about when you're in a bad mood, do you notice the birds and the little bunny rabbits and the things that would make you smile? Or do you tend to just notice all the stuff that um, supports your current mood? Environmentally, when people are angry, you know, how what how does it affect your environment do you break stuff put holes in walls throw out things impulsively Uh, i remember back before computers we used to have pictures and it wasn't uncommon for people to tear up pictures impulsively when they got mad and then regret it later relationally when somebody is angry it creates an environment where other people may fear being around them they're walking on eggshells because they don't want to trigger this person's anger so instead of being a, a relationship that's based on respect and desire to support one another it's a relationship based on fear where that person is just trying to keep you from exploding and this can negatively impact relationships for obvious reasons changing how you respond to anger triggers takes a lot of work and energy and it's important to figure out why do I really want to do this define your rich and meaningful life you know if you woke up tomorrow and you had this rich and meaningful life what people would be in it what would those relationships be like what things would you have what experiences or activities would you be using your energy for every time you get angry angry it uses your energy so you've got to decide do I want to use my energy for being angry about this or do I u- want to use my energy to work towards something that's important in my life and you may find a lot of people find that they waste a lot of energy being angry and nurturing grudges when they could use it instead to nurture and enhance positive things in their life how does anger keep you from moving toward the things that are important in your rich and meaningful life and what thoughts feelings and behaviors would be a better use of your energy at the end of session one we want to talk real quick about quick skills because when you experience anger I talked about getting out of the emotional mind into the wise mind that means figuring out something you can do to help slow your heart rate slow your breathing the first one is what we call square breathing breathe in for four hold for four exhale for four hold for four When you do that 16 count breathing or the four square breathing it actually forces your heart rate to slow down you're manually overriding your nervous system some people prefer to go to the opposite end and instead of slowing their breathing they prefer to engage in something physically active so their body movement matches their heart rate and then when they start cooling down from whatever that activity is walking running sit-ups push-ups whatever it is then the heart rate starts to go down I encourage you to also develop a personal mantra when you're angry just have a little little bit of what Linehan calls a half smile and repeat the mantra to yourself in order to help you get through that initial 90 seconds five minutes where you're in that adrenaline haze for me my mantra is it's all good it's all good and I I may even say it out loud and when my family hears me going all right it's all good they know just give me a few minutes because I've gotten upset about something and I'll come back and tell them about it later but that helps me not only uh down regulate my stress response Uh, but it also helps me block a lot of those other thoughts that would be contributing to fueling and stoking my anger you can't have two thoughts at the exact same time so if you keep focusing on your mantra it's all good then you can't hear those other thoughts and that allows you to calm down a little bit so you can get into your wise mind and finally unhooking and this is a technique from acceptance and commitment therapy but unhooking means taking that feeling taking those thoughts and putting them out here i'm having the feeling that i'm angry okay envision it as a bubble or a rock or whatever you want to envision it as but it's not part of you you're having a feeling you're having a thought what do you want to do with it do you want to hold it do you want to nurture it and if it's a negative feeling like anger you may even envision it like a hot potato you know do you really want to sit there and hold this hot potato what do you want to do with it you want to get rid of it so um but envisioning it as something separate from you then you can decide what to do with it when you start saying it's part of me then it's harder to figure out how to get rid of it homework for week one keep a log of your anger intensity over the week keeping a log helps you become more aware of your triggers and see your progress on the top of each page put the date and use a different sheet each day I encourage you to use paper on a landscape um, orientation because we are going to add additional columns over the coming weeks make four columns with the following headers episode intensity duration and anger control strategy for the episode you're going to describe briefly what happened the intensity scale from one to four mildly irritated moderately irritated angry or enraged the duration a one it was brief just a minute or two a two it was less than an hour but it still lingered for a bit three you felt that anger or irritation for a couple of hours Or four it ruined your day and the fourth column what strategy did you use to try to respond to that anger to try to control that anger session two every session starts out with a review of the homework from the prior week so reviewing the homework from last week what was the highest number that you reached what triggered the most intense anger episode what strategies did you use to avoid reaching a four on that anger meter to to avoid reaching the level where you were enraged this week we're going to start thinking about anger in terms of a habit a habitual response an autopilot response habits are things we do almost automatically in what ways is anger a habit for you And when something happens that triggers your anger, do you stop and think I'm gonna react with anger or do you just automatically do it? Just autopilot. What other habits have you had? Biting your nails, shaking your foot, uh, tapping the the table, whatever habits you've had, how have you tried to break those? What has helped you break those habits? And I'll give you a hint becoming aware of the habit is the first step to doing it review your anger log from last week when you got angry did you consider other response options or did you just respond out of habit was it a knee-jerk response how can you use mindfulness to start to break your anger habit And i use the mnemonic beta or beta testing uh, to help you remember what to do in order to start breaking a habit so b stands for breathe the first thing you need to do practice that four square breathing in order to uh, get into your wise mind so start to slow your breathing when you notice your anger starting to ramp up when you notice you're starting to get, get a little bit frustrated or irritable Start breathing then. Don't wait until you're enraged before you try to calm the system down. E stands for explore the situation. Mindfully and non judgmentally acknowledge I'm angry. Okay. What is the cause? Just be curious about what's going on. Is this actually a threat to me at this time and in this context? do i know this for a fact to be a threat an imminent threat to me at this time and in this context if it's not an imminent threat then you've got time to figure out the best way to respond think t stands for think about the best response in the situation to help you achieve those goals in your rich and meaningful life you can hold on to the anger and nurture it and dwell on it and just keep dumping energy into it you can do that that is a valid choice you can let it go because it's not worth your energy that person's not worth your energy that situation's not worth your energy you can take constructive steps to change the situation whatever's making you angry so for example if you get really irritable or angry in traffic You can take constructive steps and say all right maybe i'm not going to take the main roads to get to work i'm going to take the back roads so i don't have to deal with you know nearly as much traffic or are you going to change the way you react to the situation and and that can be easier said than done and then a is act tentatively choose how you're going to respond to this situation and once you start responding if you get into it a little ways and it doesn't seem like it's working for you you can always back up and choose a different strategy that's why we say act tentatively but a lot of times uh, by the time you get down to this point you've gotten into your wise mind and you usually will make a much better choice for responding identify anger control strategies you've used in the past strength-based approaches encourage you to build on what's worked for you in the past so think about anger control strategies you've used which ones didn't work and why you don't want to keep trying to do something that doesn't work A definition of an insanity is doing something over and over again and expecting different results if it doesn't work for you that's fine what are you going to do instead not every technique works for every person likewise which strategies have you used that have worked at least in some situations or to help reduce the intensity of the anger maybe they weren't perfect but they helped envision one of your anger situations from last week if you had used a different strategy instead of automatically getting angry and erupting how might the situation have gone differently and and actually walk through in your mind's eye uh or if you're doing this in group actually discuss or explain what happened and how it might have gone differently had you used this different tool envision yourself in a similar situation next week and describe yourself using your hopeful skill to get through that situation so if road rage is one of your triggers you're going to envision a road road rage incident from last week and describe how the situation may have gone differently had you used this different technique to handle your anger and then you're going to envision being in traffic next week and having your uh, road rage triggered and see yourself using your helpful skill how do you deal with it in a more effective way so you can conserve that energy for things that are more important to you week two homework very simple just continue your anger control log you're still getting to know what your triggers are and get a good picture you're still compiling a good picture of your anger session three homework from last week what was the highest number that you reached on your anger control log what triggered that anger episode what strategies did you use to avoid reaching a four on the anger meter have you noticed a change in the frequency or how often you get angry or the intensity how intense your anger episodes are or the duration of your anger instead of ruining your whole day maybe it only lasts for a couple of hours when you get angry it's because you've encountered something that's made you feel threatened anger is the fight part of the fight-or-flight response what are some general situations that make you irritable angry or enraged just make a list of them jot them down other examples to consider that I've compiled doing anchor management groups for about 20 years long waits at the doctor traffic jokes about a sensitive topic a friend not paying back money being wrongly accused of something by your spouse or your boss having to clean up after somebody like a roommate or your children a loud neighbor being placed on hold forever, rumors being spread about you, having something stolen, ingratitude, somebody openly contradicting you, not getting a propo- promotion you expected that you were going to get, or getting criticized. Many times, specific events touch on what we call sensitive areas. These sensitive areas usually refer to long-standing issues that can easily lead to anger it's triggering those memories of distress from the past which brings up that fight-or-flight response in you in the present four main themes or fears that are associated with anger loss of control or powerlessness rejection or isolation death or loss of something that you care about and failure think about why each of these sensitive areas may make you feel threatened or trigger your anger and in what ways does anger help you feel safer or more in control for each common trigger that you have and that list of triggers what memories if any is the reaction related to what fears rejection loss of control failure or loss Uh, what fears is your reaction related to maybe when somebody your roommate doesn't clean up after themselves and you have to do it it makes you feel rejected and disrespected and that triggers your anger is there an actual threat in the current context and remember there can be things that are disrespectful or unpleasant or are problematic but is there an imminent threat in the current context and if so what is it and identify at least two alternate ways of responding for example the roommate who doesn't clean up after themselves it may not be because they intentionally are trying to disrespect you They may just never have developed good personal hygiene habits and they may not have the skills or really understand the impact it's having on you. Homework, continue keeping your anger control log. Add a column this week for fears, rejection, loss of control, failure, or loss. So you're going to continue using that chart that you've been using every day, but you're going to add this additional column for your fears because we're going to start looking for themes. A lot of people have, um, anger management issues that revolve around one or more of these fears and practice using beta testing or another strategy to respond to your anger. Session four, again review your homework from last week what was the highest number you reached what triggered that anger episode is your anger often related to common memories or themes what strategies did you use to avoid reaching a four on the anger meter and have you noticed a change in the frequency intensity or duration of your anger now we've talked about anger in general We've talked about anger triggers. Now we're gonna talk about early warning signs. Early warning signs are indicators that you are getting angry. They can be broken down into four categories. Physical early warning signs are how your body responds with an increased heart rate, tightness in your chest, feeling hot or flushed. Behavioral early warning signs are what you do, like clenching your fists or clenching your teeth, raising your voice glaring at others what behaviors do you do where you're posturing emotional early warning signs can include other feelings that may occur along with anger including fear hurt jealousy or disrespect and cognitive early warning signs are what you think about in response to the event like hostile self-talk I'll fix her little red wagon or she won't get the best of me Um, or even having images of aggression or revenge review your anger log from last week and identify your common early warning signs now you weren't charting those you're just going to think back and think what were my early warning signs before I actually had the explosion what strategies can you use to become more aware of and deal with these early warning signs as soon as they begin to appear hourly mindfulness can be helpful set a alarm on your mobile device to remind you at the beginning top of every hour to just check in how am I feeling what am I thinking what am I needing another uh, technique that I really like is getting a heart rate monitor and set it to alert when your heart rate goes above a certain level when we get stressed our heart rate increases now obviously when you get up if you're going up and down stairs you might erroneously set it off but having it set so it goes off when your heart rate increases 10 or more beats a minute for example um, over your standard resting heart rate can help you notice earlier on when you're starting to get stressed so you can intervene I also on my um my Garmin and I think a lot of the other um fitness trackers have it it notices when it thinks I'm quote stressed and it reminds me to breathe continue keeping your anger log and pick one early warning sign that you have maybe you know for me I grit my teeth pay attention to this throughout the week uh, so you start becoming more aware of when you're gritting your teeth earlier on so you can respond before you're in a full-fledged anger outburst session five review your homework from last week what was the highest number reached? what triggered that episode what were the early warning signs associated with the behavior physical warning signs behavioral affective and cognitive we want to start tracing it back so you can become more sensitive to when you are starting to get angry so you can intervene earlier just like getting a cold it's a lot easier to uh, get better or to intervene if you notice the signs early as opposed to if you wait till you've got full-scale pneumonia How effective were you at modifying your target early warning sign? You know, for me, I said grinding my teeth. How effective was I at noticing when I was starting to grind my teeth and addressing that? What strategies did you use to avoid reaching a four on the anger trigger, anger meter? And are there particular threat themes that are emerging? Remember failure, loss of control rejection isolation and loss this week we're talking about vulnerabilities they're a little bit different than early warning signs vulnerabilities are situations that make you more likely to respond with anger or irritability physically if your blood sugar is low if you're under the influence of alcohol you've had too much caffeine you're in pain you're sick Or you're exhausted those are big vulnerabilities for a lot of people to respond uh, more impulsively and feel angry easier affectively if you're overwhelmed if you're irritable about something else if you're stressed out or feeling sensitive or vulnerable in some way then you may be more likely to respond with a stronger anger response cognitively if you're expecting a negative outcome from a situation person or meeting or you've just got a negative attitude you're more likely going to see the glass as half empty and respond with anger environmentally stressful environments and that can include a lot of things for me um I don't like lots of noise and I don't like um sudden loud noises or being interrupted a lot so if I'm feeling um irritable if I'm feeling tired I will shut my door that way I don't have people popping in constantly and interrupting my workflow which tends to make me more irritable relationally being in situations make that make you feel more on edge or around people that trigger anger or tend to be more negative themselves can also be uh make you more vulnerable to anger if you're around somebody that's going to feed your anger then it's going to make it more likely that you're going to be angrier what are your particular vulnerabilities and how can you best prevent them and when you can't prevent them, how can you best mitigate them or deal with them? Like I said, when I haven't slept well for some reason, can't always sleep well. But when I haven't, one of the things that I always do is shut my door because I know that that is a vulnerability for me. If I'm overtired, I tend to be a little bit more irritable continue keeping your anger log and add a sixth column where you're going to begin identifying your vulnerabilities you want to start looking for trends and themes and patterns here but just add that sixth column to start identifying vulnerabilities session six review your homework from the last week what was the highest number you reached hopefully this number is going down what triggered that anger episode what were the early warning signs associated with the behavior how effective have you been at noticing your early warning signs what strategies did you use to avoid reaching a four on the anger meter and what vulnerabilities contributed to your anger this week we're going to talk about creating an anger control plan an effective plan should include both immediate and preventative strategies so you want to prevent the vulnerabilities prevent the anger but also have a crisis response so to speak immediate strategies time out when might you use it and how might you do it and it's important if you're uh, having difficulty if you're uh, a lot of your anger is triggered by interpersonal interactions that you are clear with the other person that when you need a time out that you will be back in 10 15 minutes whatever it is that you need but it's important that they respect your boundaries and allow you to take that time out to get into your wise mind you during your time out you can distract yourself with activities like doing something different going on a walk listening to music or even using guided imagery just to go to a mental vacation you can block the situation from your mind temporarily with thought stopping having alternate thoughts you can't have two thoughts at the same time so you can use your mantra for thought stopping you can also use positive or what we call distress tolerant thoughts where you're telling yourself I can get through this I'm not in danger right now um whatever script you want to use and i recommend that you write it down and you have it on a um, file on your mobile device so you can just read it when you start feeling stressed and you don't have to think about something practice mindfulness in threes what are three things that you see three things that you smell three things that you feel three things that you hear and practice that for four quadrant or four breathing in force talk to a friend or journal you know maybe you need to just call somebody call a friend exercise and or radically accept and just saying it is what it is Um, or it's all good encourages you to radically accept the moment that means accepting the good parts of what's going on or life with the fact that this part right now sucks preventative strategies what general things can you do to prevent or minimize vulnerabilities emotionally what can you do what can you do to increase happiness and decrease distress mentally what can you do to minimize those vulnerabilities can you and one of the things that can can be helpful is spending 20 minutes a day focusing on what went right that day the other 23 hours and 40 minutes you can focus on whatever you want but 20 minutes a day focusing just on what went right and a lot of times i encourage people to do this at dinner with their family that way they feel uh during the meal is a time where they can be relaxed together physically what can you do to prevent or minimize vulnerabilities healthy nutrition minimize stimulants get enough sleep all that stuff and socially what can you do to prevent or minimize vulnerabilities how can you set and maintain healthy boundaries how can you practice assertiveness how can you nurture your supportive relationships when you are vulnerable for some reason what can you do to reduce the chances that you will get unnecessarily angry review your anger log from last week what immediate strategies could you have used to help you take a time out to help you get into your wise mind what preventative strategies could you have used what could you have done to prevent the vulnerabilities uh, that might've made a difference. This week for homework, maintain your anger log and develop a plan to start reducing one or two of your vulnerabilities each month. And that's realistic one or two a month you can do, uh, the more, uh, vulnerabilities that you eliminate, the less, things that you've got to worry about preventing or guarding against session seven review your homework from last week what was the highest number you reached what triggered that anger what were the early warning signs that were associated how effective were you at noticing your early warning signs what strategies did you use to avoid reaching a four on the anger meter what vulnerabilities contribute to your anger and how effective have you been at reducing your target vulnerability an episode of anger can be viewed as consisting of three phases escalation explosion and post explosion during escalation the event and responses or early warning signs are are happening you know something happens and you start to get angry during the explosion phase the verbal or physical aggression emerges what can you do when you have the urge to be aggressive and that goes into those immediate strategies post-explosion this is when you are starting to experience the negative consequences of the anger emotional cognitive legal relationships or even physical health review your anger log from last week and identify the event that got you most angry or had the most negative consequences and identify what you could have done to prevent it to reduce the escalation or prevent the explosion cognitive distortions are unhelpful ways of perceiving things think about a time something happened and you thought it was one way but it turned out to be completely wrong. There are a variety of cognitive distortions and I'm going to go over some of the most common ones. Personalization is taking things or interpreting things as all your fault or all about you. Somebody looks at you cross-eyed. They th- you think that they are angry with you. <coughs> what are three other explanations? Or why they may have looked at you that way were they even looking at you minimization of the positive identify when what good things have happened what is happening that's good or what good could come out of this and the mental filter or only seeing what you expect to see it's important to look at all the facts If you expect to see negative you're going to see negative but there's also positive that you're probably just overlooking so what are all of the facts sometimes it can be easier to do this by taking somebody else's point of view exaggeration of the negative or catastrophizing is another cognitive distortion you assume the worst or you assume that the sky is going to fall It's important to really ask yourself, how likely is this to happen? How likely is it that this mistake I made is gonna result in me getting fired or that this person's behavior is going to result in something negative for me? All or nothing thinking, you always do this, or you never do this, or I always do this, it's important to find the exceptions let's take that um, sloppy roommate for example you always leave your dishes in the sink well are there exceptions to that Um, finding the exceptions can be helpful because then you can um, reward the exceptions when they leave a clean kitchen and you see it in the morning and there's no dishes in the sink you thank them profusely more likely that they'll do that again if they see that there's a benefit to them they may not consciously know this but subconsciously we do things that are more rewarding the control fallacy a lot of times we feel like we have control or should have control over more than is realistic so what parts of the situation that are triggering your anger what parts do you actually have control over and what parts do you need to figure out how to accept or cope with and overgeneralization sometimes we expect that since we've been in similar situations that this situation is going to work out the exact same way we assume that what happened once is going to happen again it's important to explore not only how is this situation similar to the past situation but how is it different arbitrary inference is another um, cognitive distortion where we assume that something is dangerous or fearsome because uh, of one particular piece of information the news broadcasts a lot when there's a uh, plane crash It never gives us, uh, news stories about the 20,000 flights a day that take off and land successfully. So if we assume that flying is dangerous because we saw a news story at some point about a plane crashing, we're not getting, using all of the facts to make our judgment and emotional reasoning. I feel angry. Therefore there must be a threat not always sometimes something can happen a smell a sight a sound that triggers a memory we may not remember the memory but it triggers that reaction and uh Bessel van der Kolk talks about how trauma is often remembered as a reaction not an actual memory so it's important when we feel angry remember that's our smoke alarm now we've got the energy we need to check and see is there a threat right now one model for dealing with our cognitive distortions is called the ABCDE model a stands for the activating event what happened B represents our beliefs about the event it's not the event itself that often produces feelings like anger it's our interpretation and beliefs about the event that's why two people can be driving and experience the same rude driver one gets angry and develops road rage and the other one hardly notices it because they interpreted the situation differently they had different beliefs about the event C stands for the reaction or consequences as a result of your interpretations and beliefs so the person who perceived it as a threat got angry the person who just saw it as a inconsiderate driver they didn't get angry so the consequence of the same situation was different for these two people based on their beliefs D stands for dispute identify any unhelpful beliefs and reframe them in alternate ways identify the facts for and against your belief and we'll stick with road rage this person is being rude they're being disrespectful to me they have no respect for anybody else they could have killed me well how many of those are actually accurate maybe the person you were in their blind spot and they just didn't even see you or they were distracted with something else and it wasn't about you they weren't trying to be disrespectful to you they just didn't notice make sure you're not confusing high and low probability events and identify and address thinking errors and cognitive distortions so you're going to go through that list of cognitive distortions the personalization minimization all that stuff that we just talked about and identify if any of your beliefs about the situation may be skewed in one direction or another E stands for evaluate your response and choose the response option that gets you closer to those people and things that are important in your life. So E basically is saying ask yourself is this worth my energy? What is the best way to handle this and use my energy to move towards the things that are important in my rich and meaningful life? reviewing your anger log identify the most intense anger episode from last week and apply the a b c d e model review your anger log and identify the cognitive distortions that were in play and what common cognitive distortion or what cognitive distortions are common in your family cognitive distortions don't usually come out of thin air we often learn them we hear our family using all or nothing language for example or personalizing being overly responsible for things so what cognitive distortions did you learn from your family homework continue keeping your anger control log add another column for cognitive distortions and the rebuttal so remember finding the facts looking for exceptions etc session eight review your homework from last week and then start learning about assertiveness the basic message of aggression is that my feelings thoughts and beliefs are very important more important than yours and your feelings thoughts and beliefs are unimportant the basic message of being passive the opposite of aggression Is that your feelings thoughts and beliefs are very important but my feelings thoughts and beliefs are not assertiveness on the other hand says that my feelings thoughts and beliefs are just as important as your feelings thoughts and beliefs communicating assertively starts with validating the other person's thoughts and feelings i can see that you're very angry about this situation right now or what i'm hearing is that your perception of this situation is xyz so you're paraphrasing what you hear or see from the person you're validating where they are so they feel understood and then you communicate in a way that ideally creates a win-win you know how can this situation be solved in a way that both of you get your um feelings thoughts and needs validated and met in the best way possible what are some advantages of acting assertively when trying to resolve conflicts what might some of the drawbacks to assertiveness be and I'll give you a hint when you're assertive and not aggressive sometimes you don't always get your 100 percent your own way the conflict resolution model. Get into your wise mind. Remember, de escalate, use your breathing. Identify the problem. Identify your beliefs about the problem. Find the facts for and against your beliefs. Decide whether it's worth your energy to even worry about resolving the conflict. If it is, then address and resolve the conflict assertively by validating communicating assertively your thoughts wants and needs in the situation and then determining the course of action review your anger log for the last week and apply the conflict resolution model to at least one anger episode continue keeping your anger control log and actively practice being assertive even when you're not angry so actively practice stating your thoughts wants and needs and asking people about theirs and paraphrasing theirs so you're more effectively communicating and you stop assuming and mind reading or assuming you know what the other person's thinking session nine review the homework from last week the highest number you reached What triggered that that anger your early warning signs strategies you use to avoid reaching a four the vulnerabilities that contributed and your most cogn- common cognitive distortions and the restatements or rebuttals to them we learned a lot about how to interpret events and cope with distress by observing our family how was anger expressed in your family when you were growing up how'd your father express it how'd your mother express it were you ever threatened with or exposed to physical violence how were other people's emotions such as happiness and sadness expressed in your family or were they not even allowed was emotional expression limited to feelings of anger and frustration or were many different kinds of emotions expressed what role did you take in your family in the addicted family we've got different roles that actually have labels like hero this is the person who's always getting the A's and making the team the rescuer the victim the wallflower who just kind of blends into everything or the scapegoat the one that gets blamed for all the problems in the family so what role did you take in your family what messages did you receive about your father and men in general what messages did you receive about your mother and women in general did you feel accepted and loved or did you feel like you couldn't do anything right and you were constantly being either rejected or criticized or threatened with abandonment how did your family deal with failure what feelings thoughts and behaviors carry over into your relationships today the ones that you learn from your family of origin what purpose do these behaviors serve today and are there alternate behaviors that might serve the same purpose but be more helpful review your anger management plan from the past seven weeks eight weeks what progress have you made what still needs to change what strategies are working well and session 10. review your homework from last week this is the last week that you have to do this what was the highest number you reached what triggered that episode what were the early warning signs associated with it how effective have you been become at noticing your early warning signs what strategies are you finding most helpful to keep you from reaching a level four or even a level three hopefully by this point on the anger meter what vulnerabilities are still contributing to your anger how effective have you been at reducing your vulnerabilities and what are your most common cognitive distortions and rebuttals using what you've learned over the past 10 weeks dispute these anger myths anger is inherited anger automatically leads to aggression you must be aggressive to get what you want venting anger is always desirable anger is a negative emotion anger is all in your head venting or ignoring your anger makes it go away and men are angrier than women it's important to remember that men and women get angry over different things and often express it differently the older you get the more angry you are the data however shows that the angriest people tend to be 14 year old boys anger always results from human conflict sometimes yes sometimes no people can also get irritable or angry from being exposed to stressful environments remember we talked about all those different triggers foul odors pain hot temperatures none of those things necessarily involve the action of another person you can be all by yourself and get angry anger is a natural emotion it's designed to alert people that there might be a problem When people are vulnerable or have learned maladaptive ways of dealing with anger, or simply never learned healthy coping skills, they can experience anger management problems. Excessive anger negatively impacts people emotionally, mentally, physically, socially, occupationally, sometimes legally, and spiritually. Effective anger management involves preventing vulnerabilities, Being aware of and working on those sensitive areas or threat areas. Preventing anger and vulnerabilities whenever possible and developing immediate coping responses to deal with anger when it does occur.